You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Morrison, Joni Mitchell, if you were my generation, you'd know a lot of those names. That was a, a reunion, and they were singing a song all together called I Shall Be Released. It was written by Bob Dylan, who became a Christian after that, but it was hugely influenced by black gospel music. And it's all about that the day will come when those who believe will be fully released. Hallelujah. And that's what I want to look at today. I want to look at the journey that you and I are on and how we need more and more to see that release, that freedom coming into your experience and my experience as well. So welcome to Cafe Church. You're back on. Thanks for joining us. And I'm calling this Time to Go part one. We're looking at the book of Deuteronomy, chapter seven. I've just highlighted a couple of verses in the first five uh, verses of Deuteronomy, chapter seven. And the context of this is God's people, back then known as the Israelites, who are God's people today? Yeah, you are. Do you believe that? Really? If you're comfortable with it, if you're kind of new, you don't have to. But if you're, if you're comfortable with who you are, would you turn to the person next to you and say, I'm a child of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because we are the people of God. And not just this church, of course. All who love the Lord. All who believe. But back then, it was in the Old Testament, in that dimension, it was the Israelites and they had been set free from Egypt and were now coming in to possess the promised land. They were going to inhabit, take possession of the territory God wanted them to have. And you and I, when we are born again, we start a journey. We had a journey before that as we wandered through the wilderness like they did. But we're about to take more and more possession of the promised land, which is our Christian life. Thing is, they found enemies within the land. And also there were enemies outside the borders. I'm looking today at the enemy that was within the land. In other words, the enemy inside you. And the enemy inside me, that you and I are called to have a good fight with. So may God bless these few verses from Deuteronomy 7 as we read them now. When the Lord brings you into the promised land, he will help you to drive out seven enemy nations from there before you. The Hittites. Gergeshites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. 
but you must drive them out fully. Don't make any deals with them. Totally destroy their influence on you. And so here we have some highlights from the first five verses. And it's just concise and it's clear. And you might say, what do these ancient nations have to do with my life on a Monday morning when I get up to face the week? Well, as we'll see both today and on Tuesday night at night church, excuse me, an awful lot, an awful lot to do with you and me. He begins by saying, and this is the Lord, and he's speaking to Joshua and to the people, and he says prophetically, when the Lord brings you into the promised land, can I say today, if you have invited Jesus into your life, you have crossed over into God's promised land for you. Who will say amen. amen. If you're unsure with all my heart, authentically, can I say, the best decision you will ever make, ever, 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 is to cross that river Jordan and come into the promised land that God has for you, where you have made your peace with God. And as I was praying early this morning, I felt the Lord saying prophetically to someone, today, welcome home. You're here for the first time, but the Lord is saying, you've come home and deep in your DNA, something is ringing in your heart now. And you know that you know that you know, I've come home here. We who were once no people are now the people of God. So the ancient Israelites crossed over the Jordan. God uh, miraculously separated the waters and they come into the land. But of course there were people already living there. So when I became a Christian in 1980 at the age of 19, there was another Tom Burke already there. But now there's a new Tom Burke that was born again. And so the battle began. And so the old ways had to be dealt with. And that didn't all happen in one night. My conversion was an event. It happened one night. There was a journey up to it, but it was an event. Some people's conversion is a process. It can take months or years. For me, it was an event. But even though it was after my conversion, the battle continues. And sometimes we think, and I have thought, I've defeated that, only for it to rear its head again, as we will see. This is what God says through the prophets. The Lord will help you to drive the enemy out. What's your enemy? We all know we have an enemy. His name is Satan. But within our own lives, there is an influence. And the enemy, the flesh, we can call it as well, whereby the um, old ways try to drag us back. And here we have a promise from God that this is not your battle on your own. The Lord himself will help you to drive out that which is not life-giving in your life. The Lord will fight for you because the battle belongs to the Lord. Hallelujah. 
And so here God is saying, you're not alone. So you're looking at your life and you're seeing something that you don't like that's going on as part of your temperament, your personality, your lifestyle. And you know there's something off about this or there's something blatantly off about it. So the Lord is promising, I will help you drive this out. And this is fighting talk, guys. And whoever said that Christianity is just a faith that is kind of very gentle, where you kind of, I don't know, make daisy chains or something. No, no. This, this is a good fight faith. This is where we take authority. Who'll say amen? amen. We fight the good fight. And that which is evil, we do not lie down under it, even though it rises up within ourselves. And so the Lord is saying, I will help you to drive the enemy out. But then he comes in with one of the most personally for me challenging verses in the Bible. And he says, don't make any deals with them. Don't make any deals with the enemy. Oh, I'll only pop a few pills to make me feel better. You're making a deal. You're making a deal. You might say, it's only a few pills. You're making a deal. Well, I'll only steal from my boss. I wouldn't steal from anyone else. You're making a deal. You're making a deal. I will forgive everyone. Hallelujah. But not him. You're making a deal. Don't make a deal. I can remember the wounds that I bought to my conversion. Many of us have wounds in our lives. And for me, I had a very stormy relationship with my dad. I guess a lot of father and sons have it, the old alpha male thing. I don't know what it is. But anyway, myself and my dad clashed a lot. We were like in some ways very different in others. But when I became a born-again Christian, my dad was really upset. In fact, he was very angry, and he took it as a... A personal rejection of him. So my sister also became a Christian and then my brother prayed the sinner's prayer. So there were just three of us and I had people come back to me and apparently my dad was saying, my family have rejected me. He saw it as a rejection because we had embraced um, born-again Christianity and he would have been a very traditional Catholic at the time. And we weren't rejecting him, but this is how he perceived it. And, you know, he got very angry and he did a lot of things. And one of the things he did to me personally and my sister, he's a wealthy businessman, a lot of money, and he disinherited my sister and myself because of our choice. Honestly, before God, it didn't really impact us. We were so full of fire and the love of God. Anything of this world didn't have a huge impact. And he said to my brother, if you don't followed this way of life, you'll have everything. And my mother said, okay. So my brother inherited everything. And honestly, I can remember being at a meeting in Myra Linehan's house one night, and there was a prophetic word, you've got to let go of your unforgiveness. And I know that I kind of felt a lot of unforgiveness with my dad, but the Holy Spirit was moving that night. And honestly, I handed it over to God. I let go of the unforgiveness. And I walked out of that house a free man. Hallelujah. Because when you don't forgive, you're the prisoner. Not them. You. You're the prisoner. I was the prisoner. And so it went on fine. And it came to a, 
you know, everything went fine. And about five years later, four or five years later, um, situation was changing. And anyway, Denise and I ended up down in my father's house and my brother who had taken over the, all of the businesses, there was a family meeting and my dad was basically suggesting that I come and get involved in the business. And it kind of didn't make sense to me, but we went down there to listen to it. Anyway, to cut a long story short, my brother was getting upset, but my dad, God forgive him, was, was playing me. He was playing me, and it was all to get my brother, he wanted my brother to make a business decision, and he was trying to stir him up, and I basically was bought in like a pawn. That's exactly what happened. And I remember that night, what I thought had been dealt with fully, all the old emotions started rising inside me, and I almost made a deal that night. I almost said, he's gone too far. And so I almost made a deal. But thank God my Christian principles did kick in. <laughs> they don't always, but they did that night. And you know what I did? I had never told my dad I loved him. But that night I said, I'm going to go up and tell him I love him. I'm going to go as far the opposite to the way I feel. I'm going to be intentional and make a decision. So I went up. Even though I felt that I was played and I was a pawn and my brother was upset and the whole place was upset, I went up to my dad and I said, Dad, whatever you say, I love you. And he went, <coughs> But you know what? It's a bit like voting on Friday. Whatever happens, I did the right thing. I keep a clear conscience. I am not responsible for how he responds or what he does. But I, that night, guys, honestly, came so close to making a deal with that old enemy of unforgiveness towards my dad inside me. And I think most human beings and most Christians have one or two old enemies lurking around inside. Wouldn't you say that's true? I think we're all the same. Don't make a deal. I have another message coming up, but I'm quite stirred with it, and it's where, um, in, in the book of Genesis, I won't go into the details, but I think it was Moses, and they said, um, uh, sorry, Abraham, and Abraham had fought a battle for the Lord, and the king of Sodom came to Abram and said, wow, you're a great guy, you did a great battle, let me bless you and give you gifts, and Abraham said, not even a lace, not a sandal, not nothing, I will take nothing from you, in case anyone says he made Abraham rich, it was God made me rich, Abraham said, not you. So Abraham wasn't even willing to take a sandal from this guy. Don't make a deal. Amen? Amen? Don't make any deal. In fact, he says, totally destroy their influence over you. So whatever the old enemy in your life is, you and I have to be intentional and totally destroy the influence over us. And that might mean, in practical terms, that we don't hang out with someone we used to hang out with anymore because they drag us down. You need to surround yourself, I need to surround myself in my life with people who will build us up, amen? Not people who will drag us down. So sometimes you've got to go, 
you know, you, you don't have anything against them, but you just say, no, I'm going to surround myself with life givers, not, not, not people who'll, who'll, who'll drag me down. Or I'm not, if you have an alcohol, that's the old one. If you have an alcohol problem, don't hang around the pub. Amen? Amen. Just keep out of the pub if you've got an alcohol problem. If you've got a problem in all different ways, just be wise. Totally destroy their influence over you. Now, we listed seven enemies. I'm just conscious the clock is against me. We listed seven enemies that the people of God faced. I'm just going to look at two today, and we look at some more on Tuesday night. But the first one, to me, is one of the biggest ones, the Hittites. And the Hittites, which is translated fear, or if you actually want to translate it fully, it's false fear. This is a huge enemy for many people here today. I know it. I'm around the block a long time. And this false fear. You see, most fear is false. And what does it do? It steals and it robs you of your peace. And it robs you of your sleep. And it robs you of your health. And it robs you of your and my relationships. False fear taking over. You know the, the old acronym, maybe you don't. What is fear? F-E-A-R. False expectations appearing real. False. But they appear as if they're real. The best lie. Joseph Goebbels was the director of propaganda for Hitler in Germany. And he, one of his tricks was every brilliant lie has to have a grain of truth. You see, if it was all fantasy, no one would believe it. But if there's a little bit of truth in it, that's the hook to get you and me thinking and get you and me into the trap where we begin to believe the false expectations that appear real. Right now, I have no doubt, there's probably 12, 20, 30, 50 people, I don't know here, and there's a false fear going on in your head or in your heart. You're afraid of something, and it's totally a lie. But there's enough of a little bit of truth in that hook to just drag you in and get you thinking, and then you're trapped, and then he has you, and then the Hittites are living in the promised land, and so instead of you being the believer, the Christian who knows God's peace, who isn't afraid, suddenly that old enemy is inhabiting the land where he was never meant to inhabit. And so false fear was a huge enemy. And look at, for example, what Psalm 56.11 says, I will trust in my God, so why should I be afraid? What can man do to me? What can man do to you? What can woman do to you? Trust in God. So this is a huge enemy that you and I are called to overcome. And we're told by the psychiatrist that about half of us are motivated by fear in some way. And even those who aren't will very often fall into that trap. So today, we declare, God, we will not become the victims of false fear. Who'll say amen? amen. I'm not going to buy that lie. And it's so subtle, and it's so sudden, but let's ensure that we don't fall for that lie. Let's trust in God. Let me look at one other enemy that we read here, 
and this is the Jebusites, which basically were there, it means to discourage or discouragement. The Jebusites were those who had control of the city of Jerusalem and that area. So discourage is a huge giant in many people's lives. Listening to one or two coming in here, because of the way the world voted, people are discouraged. And I get it and I understand it. But we don't belong to the world. We're a different people. We are called to higher things. And our purpose is far deeper than any election but the Jebusites will discourage what does that mean it means they will steal your courage let me give you a very practical example there are people here from other countries who've come here to learn English and sometimes I have seen um, say people from Brazil or Korea or wherever and they will speak some sentences in English that aren't perfect and because they make a mistake and they get a word wrong, I can see the Jebusites coming alongside and stealing their courage and they stop trying to speak English because they made some silly mistake and so they're discouraged. Their courage is gone and they stop trying to speak English. And I have seen some people who've gone home early to other countries because they lost their courage. Now that can happen in every area of your life. You can lose courage in your marriage. You can lose courage in a friendship. You can lose courage with your career. Some of you are facing exams. You can go in and this old enemy, the Jebusites, will steal your courage so that when you go in and you sit to do an exam, your courage is gone. And how many people I've known who've had a blank mind or they've had a panic attack with something like that. And I always say, ah, the Jebusites, they're still there. Don't make a deal with the Jebusites. Totally destroy their influence over you. What I find really interesting about the Jebusites is we read in the Bible that the children of Israel, the Israelites, actually didn't conquer them initially. It took a couple of generations before they conquered um, where the Jebusites had, the city they had, before they drove them out. It was King David who actually conquered the Jebusite city, and it became known as the city of David. And sometimes in your life, you and I will not see a total victory in something, but by God's grace, our children will, or our children's children will. Hallelujah. Sometimes it is an intergenerational process that has begun with you. And even though you may not always see total victory, though you try and though you pray, yet down the road, by God's grace, we'll see our children and our grandchildren overcome what the enemy is trying to steal in our lives. This is particularly true for those who are first-generation Christians, where our families didn't walk in the fear or in the love of God. And so they're a far distance away from it. And so we come possibly with a bit more baggage than those who come from families where God's word was upheld and the decisions in the family were biblically based and within biblical boundaries. So David, who was a descendant of the first Israelites, he was the one to conquer it. 
but the courage that is stolen is horrific. And when you see someone lose heart, that's when, that's when defeat takes over. Lose heart about their future, lose heart about their mental health, lose heart about their physical health, their relationships, whatever. I'm not saying that everything is going to be sorted, but you know what I mean. They lose heart. Their courage is stolen. What does God's word say? Second Chronicles 20:17. Don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. Go out and face the enemy tomorrow because I, the Lord, will be with you. What day is tomorrow? Monday. So many people have the Monday blues i got to start work tomorrow. I'm still going in for exams or school tomorrow. Monday, I remember my mother when she was at home, when she was alive and we were kids, she hated Mondays because that was the day she did the washing. And it was like she had to do all the washing. And I don't know, other neighbours had a washing machine, but she never had a washing machine, so no wonder she was depressed <laughs> on a Monday. So for all our family, she would start the washing, and the whole of Monday was, was all about washing. And that's a very shallow example, but it makes the point nonetheless. Whatever you're facing tomorrow or next week, whatever you're facing in your future, God says, don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. Go out and face the enemy tomorrow, because I, the Lord, will be with you. And many versions say that the Lord will go before you. So if you're going in to a very difficult, challenging situation in work tomorrow, just think the Lord is going before you into your office, into that building site, into that call center, into that school. The Lord is going before you. Hallelujah. The Lord is going before you. Don't let the enemy steal your courage. And so, brothers and sisters... What are we called to do? We got to get the red card and we got to tell the enemies in our lives, it's time to go. Let me ask for, I'm going to look for two volunteers. Let's say two guys. Anybody here run? Anybody here able to run? It's not a trick thing. Okay, Giovanni, do you run as well, Maya? Come on, I, I look for two young fellas. Okay. This is just, don't worry, it's not a trick question, or it's not a trick thing. So, Giovanni, I'm going to ask you to start running around the hall here, okay? So run as fast as you can. So just think Giovanni is you. This is you. And you're going through your journey in life. And you're, as Paul said, I'm running the race. Hallelujah. This is you running your race. And this handsome young man here, Maya, Maya, you're going to be the Lord, okay? You're delighted with that. I want you to start chasing Giovanni. Start chasing him. So there's you, your Giovanni, on your race as a Christian through life. There's the Lord. And what's the Lord doing? He's pursuing you. God's love is chasing you. He wants to catch up with you. You've got to slow down. He wants to catch up with you. Go on, Maya. Come up here. Go on. Come on. Come up here. He caught him. Woo! He caught him. He caught him. What happened? Giovanni is running the race, but God's love caught up with him. 
What does Psalm 23 say? Surely goodness and mercy will pursue. It's not even follow you, will pursue you, will chase you. So if it's fear or if it's discouragement, tomorrow I want you to think of Giovanni and Moya and how the Lord caught up with Giovanni. And as he was running the race in good faith, he could only, see, you're, you're breathless, aren't you? <laughs> you and I will get breathless if we do it on our own. But if God catches up with us, we can overcome fear and discouragement. Give him a round of applause. Thank you, Maya. Thank you, Giovanni. Thanks for being willing. I just threw you in there. So guys, we're going to pray that whoever is facing discouragement or fear this week, that you will be an overcomer, that you will say, I'm giving the red card to that enemy in my life and I am going to be free. And I will not make a deal. Would the band come up, please? I've asked the guys to sing. We sang it on Tuesday night. It might be new for some of you. Um, that beautiful song called Reckless Love. And it talks about God's love chasing us down. Why are you here this morning? Why am I here? Because God's love pursued you and God's love pursued me. Amen. God's love chased us. So we're going to sing that as God's love is chasing us, we're going to pray that God's love will give us the power to overcome fear and discouragement. And can I say to someone, you might say, I've been praying for this for decades. Pray for it for your children. Pray for it for your grandchildren. What has begun in your life is a legacy to the generations to come. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing this song and then we'll pray. Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You have been so, so kind to me. Oh, the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Holy, overwhelming, Let's close our eyes on the stage and off the stage. If you're that person and in your soul, you know, with every eye closed, you found home, spiritual home here, and it's new for you. I'm going to ask you in total privacy, nobody is looking, would you slip up your hand and then take it down again? I won't call anyone up. Okay. Okay, okay, I think we have four hands up. 
I pray by God's grace that everything that has happened in your journey up to now would come to total fruition and that you would put down roots in the house of God. We pray that you would bear great fruit and that you would be like a fruitful vine drinking of the water of life in this place and producing fruit for you, for your children and your children's children. May God bless your courage today in acknowledging that in Jesus' name. Amen. We give these people a round of applause. That's a, that's a declaration. And on a widespread level, for those of us who know what discouragement is, we know what fear is, and we're going to say today, even though we've prayed this in the past like I did, I will not make a deal when the test comes upon me. No deals. I am totally destroying the influence in my life because God is with me. And so by God, I can do it with his strength. Fear of discouragement, would you lift up your hands to say to the Lord, I am self-declaring, I will not make a deal with this issue in my life. Hallelujah. For the last few minutes, can I invite you to join me at the top if you're comfortable with it? The guys are going to sing the song again and we're going to pray the Holy Spirit upon you. Let's sing the chorus. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Hold oh, the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God. Can we lift up our hands to pray? And by lifting up our hands, we're inviting the Lord into our tomorrow. Father, as we lift up our hands now, we give you, O oh God, our Mondays, our Tuesdays, our Wednesdays, our Thursdays, O oh God. We give you our Fridays, our Saturdays, Lord, all our future for us. And we pray now, O oh God, that you would go before us. Amen. We pray you would take away any vestige of fleshly fear or discouragement and so we pray now Lord that our courage to be the men and women we were born to be would never be stolen can you say amen to that and so Lord as Michael weaves his way around touches each man and woman here may the power of the Holy Spirit come upon you may you be an overcomer and I pray that you would never make a deal with the devil on this issue. Amen? That you would never be trapped or lured into a situation where you have to make a deal. May you be true to your convictions. And may you face God as someone who ran the race of life without compromise. So I pray now on everyone here, Lord, that your love would chase them down and that in the middle of work with the family at school wherever that your love would pursue them 
And I pray that sometime tomorrow, everyone who is praying here, they would have a moment when they would say, this is God's love. Chasing me in work. Chasing me down with that difficult person. Chasing me down in my fears. And giving me courage. Here I am, Lord. I will never make a deal. Your love is paramount in my life. So may God's spirit touch you now. May you face the week ahead with that confidence in your soul. In Jesus' name. Someone wants to pray for their children or grandchildren. Um, God has started a work in you, but it's resonating in you. That whatever weakness you've had, and you've seen it in your children or your grandchildren, if you have them, I believe the Lord is saying today, you've seen some of the victory, but they're going to see even more. If you want to stand for your children or grandchildren, no matter how weak your faith is, would you lift up your right hand up high, whether you're down there or up here, just stand for them this morning. Come Holy Spirit, do a miracle, O oh God. Let our children, let our grandchildren be like David. O oh God, he had the faith to take the city of the Jebusites and instead of it being a city of discouragement it became known as Jerusalem, the place of the peace of God and so we pray peace not man's peace God's peace into the generations that will come after us and so for our children and our grandchildren may God's shalom chase them down and may they see victories that we haven't even seen. We do not want the spiritual blessing to end with us. We want to see it multiply in the generations after us. And so with our lifted hands now, as we come to a close, we name in our hearts our children, our grandchildren. And we pray they would be like King David. May that spirit rest upon them now, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's go to our seats, but let's stay standing, guys. We're going to close with this song. Remember, we've coffee and tea upstairs, and we meet all through the week. But let's sing this song as we go out. And I want you to, as one final thought, just consider your Monday morning. Or maybe it's your late Sunday night that God's love will pursue you. And I'm going to pray that you will experience that within the next 24 hours. And that it makes you stop in your tracks or sit up in the bed and you'll go, this is God's love chasing me. Hallelujah. May God's love chase everyone here. May we know it in the next 24 hours. Show us your favor and give us that touch of heaven Lord because we need it come now Lord Jesus and inhabit our week ahead in Jesus name Amen let's sing this through one more time and then we close I couldn't earn it, 
I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Holy, overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God. God bless your week ahead. God bless all who belong to you. And may you come in here next week stronger because of what God has done for you this week. Amen. The guys are going to play us out. Please join us for coffee upstairs. If you need to go, God bless your week ahead. Over to Ben and the lads. You won't light up.